Hey guys, and welcome back to another edition of the Trademark Sports Podcast. Let's get straight into it with this week's uh, Random Player of the Week. Now, this week's Random Player of the Week is Brock Lamb, former Knights and Roosters player. Now, when he was coming through the grades, there was so much about him. I remember hearing about him, it was going to be the next best thing, next Joey Johns, next this, next that. <laughs> Just unfortunately for him, did not pan out that way at all. He played 32 games for the Knights across from 2016-2018. Um, unfortunately for him, his time at the Knights is... Most known for that uh, penalty goal right at the end of the game against the Bulldogs, which he missed shockingly. Um, then he moved to the Roosters, only played one game there, and went overseas to play for the London Broncos. And now he's actually back uh, in Maitland, playing for the Maitland Pickers there. So, unfortunately, rugby league's a bit like that. doesn't go the way everyone hopes and like the way that he would have imagined his career. But as long as he's doing well now, it's all that really matters. So let's get into some news for this week. So, a bit of trouble in paradise. Man... I say this. I feel like I say this week in, week out. It must be so hard to be a Parramatta supporter. How do you not play like that every week? You can't get up for games against. Well, as you saw, the Broncos, which is another big game. But then you just come up and absolutely stick it to Penrith. But and Mitch Moses was unbelievable. His kicking game, just the way he's orchestrating that, running that team, was unbelievable to watch. Unfortunately, for Parramatta fans, he's broken his finger. He's out for four weeks, so pretty much the rest of the regular season. It's a tough run home now for the Eels as well. They've got uh, Manly away from home, Rabbitohs at home, Dogs at home, Broncos away, and then the Storm at home would potentially be back for that one. And Jake Arthur is going to come in as a replacement. And I know a lot of Parramatta fans really like to give him stick and say he's not good enough first grade. He's only there because his dad's the coach or whatever. But he actually has a lot of potential, in my opinion, and I think he could be a quality first grade player, but it's just... Like he's absolutely carving it up in New South Wales Cup. Him and Jordan Rankin, probably the best halves combo in, in uh, New South Wales reserve grade at the moment. But he just lacks that finishing touch, that little bit of experience and maturity to be playing NRL just yet. And I think the last couple of times he's played NRL, he's playing out in the centres and like out of position and stuff. Like halfback this position is all you're going to have for now. So just bide by him, get behind him, and just support your team. You know. So from one halfback in the Penrith uh, Parramatta game to another one, Nathan Cleary, suspended for five weeks after being charged with a grade three um, dangerous throw, I think it was. And I think that's very fair. For me, five weeks, it's a harsh penalty, but it's not going to rule out of finals. But I'm glad they didn't go soft on him just because he's like the face of rugby league and sort of the golden child. Like It would have been very, very easy for them just to uh, say, oh yeah, grade one, give him two weeks, whatever. But they've cracked down hard on it, making sure that like, everyone knows that you can't be doing this. Which is very good for the game. Like we've seen, unfortunately, with accidents with Alex McKinnon, that these types of tackles are just extremely dangerous. And the quicker they're out of the game for good, the better. So yeah, I'm glad common sense prevailed there. But as well, so it was an ugly tackle, and we can all agree on that. And he probably deserved to be like sent off, or at least, like yeah, probably deserved to be sent off. But for those people saying that Eels only won because he was sent off, come on, you got to be kidding yourself. Para were already dominating that game, and we're, they looked the better team. And obviously, it did help that he was there, like wasn't there, but you can't take that away from Para. That was a very, very good win for them. Now, this round, I swear, the topic of suspensions has just riddled this round. Because how on earth Nelson Osofa Solomona escapes a suspension is beyond me. Like that, that elbow, like all, like the, yeah, the forearm elbow down onto like Wade Egan's face, it cracked his teeth, man. Like, and then apparently it wasn't um, severe enough contact or something like that. I read recently. He didn't even get a fine. He's like walking away with no weeks. How is that not severe contact? But anyway, Storm fans, I suppose you've had enough people out this year. Enough, enough to deal with. You get 
get one decision going for you, but I think that's ridiculous that he's playing, like, able to play this week or even next week. How good was the battle between Jared B. Hargraves and Zachy Fulton? I thought that was such a, a cool thing to watch. Like, it's good to see Fulton give a bit of lip to the old boy, but I think he said something like, it's about time you retired, your old man, or something along those lines, which I think is like, pretty funny, a bit of cheek. And then Rui Hargraves gave him a bit of a welcome to first grade. Have, have a bit of this, son. Taste my forearm. And I think it's all fair. Okay, so that's what footy is. It's what I, that's the reason why we love footy, like things like this. But um, I think to be penalised is a bit rough, but is what it is, I guess. But Zach Fulton's granddad, Bobby Fulton, would have been so proud to see his uh, grandson go out there and just play as hard as he did. Play with the amount of, like, just the effort. And he, like, his defence was unreal as well. Like, he made a few very, like, very good tackles against like James Desco, who's definitely no slouch, um, but I'm very happy for him. Very good debut, and I don't think he got picked this week, but I'd love to see him as a regular member of the 17 for Manly. I think he plays with a passion and desire that Manly fans really, really enjoy, um, and what the club's built on over there at Manly. And continuing on with the chat about Manly versus Roosters, I thought Manly did really, really well to only lose by 10 points in that game. Like they're missing a whole host of their regular first graders. They're really, really good stars, and the Roosters pretty much had a full-strength team, so to only go down by 10 was really like a testament to the effort they put in, I think. Um, but it's a little bit worrying for the Roosters, though. They couldn't rack up another big score against the side that was so heavily depleted. But all the Roosters need to do at the moment is just keep winning their games, and that's what they got. They got the job done. I don't think they're too worried about margins at the moment. Like they probably, I think they got the best four against out of those uh, three or four teams that are pushing for that top eight. But I think... When we have a look back in five weeks' time at the top eight, this game could be really, really crucial because I, I don't see much splitting mainly in the Roosters for that eighth spot. So we can really look back at this game and think, like, that's the one that got away for the Manly side. So on to Warriors versus Storm. Storm get back in the winner's circle, uh, but not without another loss, unfortunately, for them. Nick Meany has injured his AC joint, uh, meaning they've lost to cover another key position. Yeah, the poor Storm can't catch a break. Like, I think we've seen all the graphics posted by Clarkie and uh, NRL Physio as well, about just how many long-term injuries they've had this year. I think it's up to like around 15 at the moment, and that's just crazy. They pretty much turned in for the Roosters from last year. But once again, like the Roosters from last year, they managed to find a way to stay competitive, and that's just a testament to these like, really, really good clubs. But yeah, it's good to get a win over in New Zealand. Like It's always a tough away trip. Uh, very happy for Edward Kosey as well for the Warriors, getting his first career NRL hat-trick. It's achievement that many people get to say, They've done in their life, so congratulations to him. And against the Storm as well, like it's not an easy task. So props to him. Hopefully, he can take this confidence into him in the next season and keep developing into a like a better and better player. So the Battle of the West, Para versus Penrith. But as we said, like touching it before, oh God, it must be frustrating to be a Parramatta fan. Like why can't they just play like that every week? And they obviously have it in them. And they, if they keep playing like that, they're a premiership threat. You can't tell me otherwise. Penrith have been the form team all year, and they've beaten them twice now in, like, in their last two outings. So, like, they could win the comp, but they just need to like find that level they did last week every single week. Uh, the Cleary setting off and Lua injury makes it tough for the Panthers run home now. Um, but they're like they're stacked with quality all round the park, so it probably won't even make a difference. But and I say tough to like, on the run home. They're still probably going to minor premiership, so what does it really matter? Titans versus Raiders. Now this game always to me had a vibe. Like had the vibe that there was going to be lots of points scored. Um, the Raiders, they do what they got to do to get the job done. Uh, 24 points or whatever it was they conceded against the team is coming last. A bit of a worrying sign. But the Raiders, like the Titans rather, their attack's been actually not too bad the last couple of weeks. It's just their defense that's letting them down. But i got to give a shout out to Joseph Tarpanay on the season that he's having. 
I thought when he watched the All-Star game, and he had a ripper of a game there, he was in for a big year, and he's showing that. Leading the green machine once again with a try, 170-plus meters, 70 of those post-contact, 13 tackle busts, which is ridiculous for anyone, let alone a front rower, and then 29 tackles with two missed, and he also had four offloads with zero errors. Like He's leading from the front for sure for that Raiders team, and I think, honestly, at the moment, he's carrying that team on his back. Like he's just saying, come with me, boys. Let's go play some finals footy. South versus Sharks was an incredible game of rugby league. One of the best games of footy I think we've seen for this year for sure. And I thought, poor old Tommy Burgess. I thought he was going to be the hero for a second there. He makes his line break. It was like, puts him in such good position. And unfortunately, the troll couldn't slot the field goal. Go down the other end. Tries to take Mulatalo's head clean off. And just, I think that set, Sharkies ended up going down, uh, kicking a field goal and winning the game. But there's plenty of positives now to get, like, to be taken by both teams going forward. The Sharkies can be confident and back themselves in tight situations, like moving forward into the finals. And the Bunnies, once again, they've proved to themselves that they can stick it at the top teams and they believe they can win. Like There's a couple different things in that game that go just slightly their way, get the rub of the green, and they win that game. And I think... In three or four weeks' time, when they're really, really humming coming to the finals, they won't even they won't be stressed. I think they're going to be very, very confident that they can make an impact on this competition. So going on Tigers versus Broncos, I looked at the games on Saturday and thought this was going to be like, oh, we won't worry about watching that one. It's going to be a blowout. Broncos going to pump them. How wrong was I? Tigers fans, lap that one up. I'm so happy for you guys to get the win after what happened last week against the Cowboys. You really, really deserve that. And so basically, he's won two in a row now. But for the Broncos, I. I don't like being negative. I don't want to be negative, but it's just not good enough. If you want to be competitive in this competition and go for a shot at the premiership, like Kevin Walters come out and said they're going to, then you need to be absolutely wiping this game. Like you need to be like, pulling players off with 20 minutes to go because you've just pumped them and just keep them fresh for next week. But unfortunately for them, they just like, weren't able to do that. So now go back to the drawing board so that they can do that. Um, but once again, got to get another shout out. Adam Dewey on another great game. 5'8's definitely his position, and he has to be there long-term. Got another try, and he just... Tigers just look like a new team when he's there. So just, I think going forward, him and Hastings in the halves for the Tigers would be absolutely perfect. I know they've just come out this week and spoken about... Uh, or today, rather, that no one's touching Luke Brooks. They like, they, no one's allowed to come and like, try and grab him from him. But honestly, I just think the best thing for club for the club and for Luke Brooks is that he leaves somewhere else. I know the Knights are interested. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. It looks like Luke Brooks will stay. But yeah, I think especially with Adam Dewey, Jackson Hastings, Jock Madden there as well. Um, I don't see the need for Luke Brooks there. Unfortunately, I just think it's time for him to move on and go a different like, path in his career because he's got talent. There's no denying that. He's a very talented footballer, but it's just, yeah, I think the, the marriage between the Tigers and the Luke Brooks has run its course now. Um, but yeah, thoughts go out to Jackson Hastings for his broken leg. I hope he has a quick and successful recovery. Um, and man, jeez, Broncos got to miss Carrigan. He's been suspended for four weeks now uh, for that hip drop tackle on Hastings that broke his leg. It's one of the Knights versus Bulldogs. Man, the Knights just look so ready for Mad Monday, hey? Like, they just look so keen to get this season over and done with. Now, like all these things about coming out with uh, David Clemmer, um, yelling at the trainer and all this and that, not wanting to come off. and wanted He wanted to go on loan to the Eels before the deadline, but that didn't come out, and he wants to move there permanently, and it's just shitty hitting the fan, basically, at the Knights at the moment. Um, but yeah, credit to the Dogs, another a good win as they roll into next year full of confidence. Like I know mathematically they can still make the finals, and Doggies fans are really, really pushing for that, 
but I just think, look for the next year, getting Reid Marnie and getting Kikau in, you've got to be a dangerous team, and pushing top eight for sure. But once again, congrats to another player who's got uh, his first hat-trick in the NRL on the weekend, Kiraz. And what a better, like, there's no better team for him to do it against than the Knights, who let him walk out the door. A bit of a stuff you, cop that. On the last game of the round, Dragons versus Cowboys. Very, very lackluster performance from the Dragons side, whose season was pretty much on the line in that game. Uh, I thought the effort on defense was really, really poor. Especially, uh, they were right in the game at the start. Cowboys go and score a try, and then next set, they just let them like, pretty much roll over and score another try. It's just As soon as I saw that, it's like, yeah, Dragons are done. Uh, but credit to the Cowboys. Uh, just on another level, um, yeah, just a level above the Dragons and made them look like a schoolboy side. Scott Drinkwater, another fantastic game. There's been so many players this year, especially at the Cowboys, that have really, really improved. Scott Drinkwater is definitely one of those. Uh, Cowboys, yeah, they do the job they're expected to do, and they can just, they, after that poor game against the Tigers last week, uh, they can, well, weekend before this one, rather, they can take confidence away from this game uh, and really like, like build some momentum into the run home to the finals. So now I go on to the previews and tips for this round. First game of the round, Roosters versus Broncos tomorrow night. It's going to be a huge game for both sides. Roosters looking to continue their like, red-hot form that they're on at the moment while the Broncos are trying to bounce back after last week and show that they're, they are a serious team in this competition. Uh, Hetherington comes in to replace Carrigan, who's suspended after, like, which is, as I said just before, is a big loss. But in saying that, Hetherington's been playing some pretty good footies uh, of late. He's in some good form, so he might slot into that role just fine. The Roosters' bench does look quite light. Uh, I think Matt Lodge is starting, uh, Lindsay Collins is out, and so is Egan Butcher. Uh, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Broncos take the win here, bounce back from last weekend. Uh, and this is all despite they being at home. So yeah, I got the Broncos in that one. Storm versus Titans. Storm should make light work of this. Uh, Wishart saying at fullback. It'll be interesting to see if he plays there. But in saying that, I'm not sure who else is going to come in and deputise there. Uh, personally, if I was them, I'd probably put Cameron Munster at fullback. But it just shakes up the whole dynamic of their team. So I can see why they're not doing that. Uh, Noffa is playing his first game for the Storm this weekend. Uh, he's named on the wing to make his club debut. While uh, Xavier Coates has been named in the reserve. So interesting to see if he comes in and uh, gets a spot on the wing there. But I think they might hold him off for just another week. You don't really want to rush him in too early, but he also does need some game time before the finals kind of gets his match fitness back up. But unfortunately, Titans fans, it's been a very, very poor year for you. And the only result I can see here is a resounding victory for the Storm, especially down at Amy Park on a Friday night. That will then roll us into Manly versus Eels, which is another crucial game for both these sides. And it's so tough to try and predict. It's like, on one hand, if you believe all the rumors that are coming out of Manly at the moment, like there's a lot of infighting and all this and that, but Aloye apparently took him out to uh, breakfast to go sit down and have a chat about it and just clear the air. But, so yeah, one side you've got apparently a Manly team that's all infighting. And the other side you've got an Eels without Mitch Moses. So, so and they've been so up and down, win-loss this season. I have no idea who the hell's going to win this game. But, what I'm going to do, because I have to make a prediction, I'm going to say that Manly get the win here, and the Eels, like, they might, and so the reason for it is, it's at Brookie, so Manly's always up through it at Brookie, I mean, last week, like, if last weekend's game was at the SCG, they would have been beat by 50, um, and the Eels as well, they might find it hard just to get back up for it after last week, like, they had a huge performance, they basically had a grand final last weekend, uh, so there might be a little bit of a hangover from that, but yeah, so... I'm going to tip Manly, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Eels come away with the two points, if that makes any sense. Rabbitohs versus Warriors. 
So I got a feeling that the Rabbitohs will be very, very, very hungry for this game. Latrell will look and have a, a, a day out. Is he probably, like, Latrell's the kind of guy that he would feel like that loss is on him, even though it's across 17 players on that footy field. I lost by one point. Uh, he definitely would feel that like, that loss is on him. So he's out here this weekend to prove it, uh, prove it wrong. Um, I think the Warriors are just in a poor spot at the moment. They're not really playing for anything. But in saying that, a side that's not playing for anything can be dangerous sometimes. But what I don't understand from the Warriors is why on earth is Wade Egan playing six? I swear it's not the fourth new halves combination they've had in the last four weeks. And I just really don't understand what Jace, like Stacey Jones is doing with that. He's a hooker. He's your hooker long-term. I know Freddie Lussick's there. But personally, I think that right now, Wade Egan's a better ready-made hooker than Lussick. And you've got Ronald Volkman, Dejan Arce, um, they're going to be there next year for 5'8", who can look to the future to build a club around. At the moment, you've still even got Chanel Harris-DeVita and even Reese Walsh can deputise there at 5'8". So why the hell is Wade Egan playing there? But anyway, that's there's a reason why Stacey Jones is coaching an NRL club and I'm not. But yeah, it's just interesting to me. Um, up at Redcliffe, adds a little bit of spice to the game, especially considering that it was New Zealand's uh, home ground there for a little bit. But... I do think the Rabbitohs will make work of uh, the Warriors and look for Latrell to bag a couple and also Alex Johnson always is going to score a try. So then that'll then take us into the Raiders versus Panthers. This will be an interesting game to see how the Raiders can click without Cleary and Luai. And because I don't think Jermaine Salmon and Sean O'Sullivan would have ever played much footy together, those like if at all, especially in the halves. Um, so the attack may be a little bit clunky. I'm sure they'd probably train there in the preseason. Like, just just in case, because you always do those little scenarios in preseason, but that was, what, 20 weeks ago, at least now, so, well, more than that, uh, but yeah, I think the Raiders are a real chance of claiming both the Storm and the Penrith within three weeks of each other, which would be really massive confidence boost for them, and this is, pro- I think, the hardest game they've got left on their run home to the finals, so, look, honestly, look for the green machine to be pushed into that top eight, but, yeah, I really just think, because of like, all the quality that Penrith still have across the park, that they will be able to get it done, like, they're just so good. Um, even though that like it is in Canberra, I do think Panthers get the win there. Sharks versus Dragons, local derby at Shark Park. Dragons season is effectively over now after what happened last weekend, but hopefully, being a local derby, they should be up for this game. The Sharks might be suffering for a little bit of fatigue just because they played last week for 88 minutes of a, like a hard fought footy game. Um, but congratulations to Cade Dykes, uh, who will make his debut this week at fullback for the injured Will Kennedy. Um, I'm not. Like sure too much about him or his play style and stuff like that, but I have heard he's got some big raps on him, so look for him to have a big game, probably gonna score a try. Um, but yeah, up at Shark Park, the only thing I see here is Sharks going away for it, like with a win, unfortunately. Uh Dogs vs Cows. Unfortunately for the Doggies fans, I think it might be time for you to come back to reality this weekend. Had a few good weeks in a row, a couple wins, but I just think the Cowboys really turned up against the Dragons and they'll be like they had a blip against the Tigers and they're not looking to do that again against the Doggies. The game's up at Bundaberg, which is pretty interesting. So if you're up that way, make sure you go check it out. And I think with that, despite it being a Doggies home game, I think there'll be a lot of Cowboys support there. Um, yeah, I've got Cowboys winning this one. And which rolls us onto the last game of the round, Tigers versus Knights. Yuck. Like, this game really says Sunday 4pm, doesn't it? Like, it's just last game of the round. No one wants to watch the footy. Everyone's sick of it. Just throw this game on. It's probably the worst game of the round. Um... Just absolutely nothing game like between two teams that are well and truly got their eyes on next like towards next season. Unfortunately for the Tigers, no Jackson Hastings, it's a massive loss. Um Robert Bassey's back for the night, so I think their back line apart from I suppose Ponga's 
pretty much full strength. But then the halves are Milford and Clifford, so Clifford's missing out. And as well, Kurt Mann can't even make the team at the moment. Like, he was named at number 22. I'm not sure whether he's coming back from injury or whatnot, but they're deciding to stick with Phoenix Crossland in that 14. But yeah, Tigers rolling back in, like rolling in off basically two wins, and the Knights just look at all sorts at the moment. But look, I just generally have no idea who's going to win this game. It's at Campbelltown. I'll say Tigers get the win. Uh, but yeah, your guess is as good as mine for that one. All right, so that concludes another episode of the Trademark Sports Podcast. Thank you so much, everyone, for your support. Make sure you leave a five-star review on Spotify and drop a like and subscribe to on YouTube. Um, don't forget to follow the Instagram and TikTok at Trademark Sports and have a good one.